I would, but you, I, I don't want right to step on your toes. Because you, you were paying attention to all the words here, man. I'm worried I'm going to forget them. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the Create Invent podcast, where we discussed, well, all kinds of things in creativity, uh, invention. And in this case, we're going to be discussing electronic music with somebody who has several jobs in electronic music, somebody who's, you might call him an electronic music aficionado slash journalist slash producer, all kinds of stuff, which is Chris slash MIDI error. Chris, how, how are you doing today? Yeah, hey guys, uh, very well, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for letting me be part of this. I'm really excited to talk to you. Yeah, well, we're, we're honored you could, you could join us. Um, and, you know, Chris, in addition to all of his MIDI duties, he's actually my editor at Tindy, so that's, that's kind of neat to uh, be able to talk to you. I, I think kind of how you, I, I believe how kind of how you stepped in there was you were doing kind of some, um, I guess reporting on some of the DIY music stuff there, which is a huge scene on, huge scene on Tindy as far as, far as that goes. Yeah, um, I I really should have got my uh, Tindy wares to to show off here, shouldn't I, beforehand? But um, yeah, I, I was a seller on Tindy, um, and a friend of mine was making some really revolutionary stuff. A guy called Jason Hotchkiss, and he was one of the biggest sellers on Tindy. And um, Jasmine, who is my boss and our boss um, came to Brighton where I live and um, I think yeah there was a show I can't remember what show was on but she came down and I met her in person and um, yeah that was where we kind of she asked me if I wanted to write some articles for Tindy and that was like maybe six years ago seven years ago something like that and over the years I'm yeah I've kind of moved up and I'm now the editor and yeah. we have a very talented selection of writers including yourself Jeremy. Well, well, thank you very, very much. Jeremy, I had yeah, no idea been, uh, you were a talented writer. That's exciting. <laughs> well, that's what some people some people say. I guess it's uh, it's interesting because you know, as you as you write, you know, presumably you're improving, but you see more mistakes. So I guess it's, it seems like you're always. It's hard to label yourself as that, but maybe maybe other people do sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, you certainly are. But I, I know that exact feeling myself. You know, I'm, I'm a writer too, as well as being an editor. So it is, you do sometimes question your ability when you've been doing it so long. But I think that's a good thing. And it means that you're kind of always on the path to learn and like to get better at what you're doing. I get excited when I send a blog post to my editor for proofreading and she tells me I made no <laughs> mistakes, like no, you know, grammatical. Yes. I'm like, finally. Finally, after exactly. years of mistakes, I got one right. I'll have to let you know when that when that happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, besides Tindy, though, you you do a lot of different things. You do have a let's see, you work at um, a company that does audio processing with GPUs, which are which I'll, I I feel like this is a strange thing because GPU is graphics processing unit, right? It's super exciting. Yeah, it's something that I've only started uh, doing in the last uh, few months. But it's a very revolutionary idea. So um, when you're making music on your computer, um, you have a GPU, which is basically doing nothing. It's almost redundant when you're using Ableton or you're using Cubase or any of the other DAWs. So this is a patented, patented technology um, which has been designed to use, that, use the unbelievable power of the GPUs to be able to uh, process audio. And um, yeah, it's an amazing team that I'm part of. Uh, it's a super exciting thing to um, to be involved in, and we're on the early days of this of this journey of the company. And um, yeah, it's very exciting. And what is it? You know, I'm familiar with um, 
video production to some extent, but maybe maybe we should step back in the first place. I mean, you, you mentioned a DAW, which is a digital audio workstation. Is that, is yeah, that correct? Yeah, the, the software that you'd use to make a track in. Yeah. Okay. And does that does the GPU speed it up as you're producing stuff, or is it something that kind of like you hit a button and it says it cranks on it for a while and, and does its thing, or is it? Well, traditionally, the CPU is what's uh, processing all of your audio um, within a computer when you're making music. And um, the GPU is, uh, as I said, kind of sat there redundant. And so what, what our team have implemented is a way to use the processing power of the GPU to do any of the stuff that the CPU might normally do. And um, because I'm sure you're aware of like how powerful and how well-tuned GPUs are, you know, people have been using them to mine Bitcoins uh, for many years. Um, yeah, it's a way of um, basically offloading any processing away from the CPU into the GPU, um, which is infinitely more powerful. And um, GPUs have got a million times uh, faster in, I think, 10 years. I think it's a million times faster. I think that's correct. So there's a huge amount of processing power. Oh, you're saying lit literally, literally a million times? Yeah, in 10 years. So there's a huge amount of processing power which isn't used when we're making music. And then what we're doing enables us to do a ton of amazing things uh, with audio, um, whether it's using AI to process audio live um, whether it's um, networked networked processing, for example, using a mobile phone, uh, which is connected to your um, computer at home, which has a GPU on it. You can have an unbelievable processing on the move. Um, yeah, we're, we're official partners with NVIDIA, so NVIDIA are completely on board. AMD have very recently stepped on board as well. And um, yeah, we're talking to like the biggest companies in the world, basically. It's, um, it's a really exciting thing to be part that's, of that's cool and that's that's sonic state is that the is that the name of that company no that's gpu audio so oh, gpu G and sonic state is one of your other other jobs correct that's true yeah sonic state is a music tech channel from britain and a kind of um yeah synth review channel which is like one of the most respected uh, in britain and um again working with an amazing team there super talented people and i'm literally like humbled to be part of that team uh, I've been a fan of Sonic State for like 15 to 20 years. I've been watching it in my bedroom like everyone else. And oh, yeah, now, awesome. I'm, now I'm part of the team um, reviewing synthesizers. Um, we just went to the NAMM show in uh, the US. We oh, went that's right, because to... you were just you were just in California, correct? For that, yeah, for that show? I just had, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we just, we had, um, we had like four days of work in California. And then I did uh, three weeks of traveling after that, which was... Um, yeah, spectacular! Just an amazing trip. Um, prior nice. to that, we were at, we were at Superbooth in Berlin. So, yeah, it's been a good month. June's been a great month this year. <laughs> nice. Well, what's what's the coolest thing you saw when you were in the U.S.? What what do you think was was neat in your travels? Um, you mean in terms of like music production or just in general? Well, just either one really. Whichever. How about music production and and in general? What, what would you yeah, say? Yeah, good question. Well, I really like. This isn't really. This isn't really a music tech thing, but I really liked a product that um, enabled disabled people to hold musical instruments. Um, a oh, very, okay. very simple product. Um, uh, yeah, which which just blew my mind a little bit. It was on the last day that I shot that video and 
it, it kind of brought a tear to my eye what they were doing because you know everyone's there everyone's there all the big companies you've got Rhodes you've got Oberheim you've got Pioneer you've got it's huge like I can't I cannot put into words how big NAM is the NAM show it's unbelievable it takes what, 45 what is, what minutes what does NAM stand for just to just to uh, I've what, got, what is, I don't know what does okay. NAM stand for National it's, Association of Music something yeah I don't a, know what it stands for good enough it's but a transcended it acronym yeah it has it has it's it's like the it's like the holy grail of, of music conferences um, but yeah it, it takes basically 45 minutes to walk from one end of the show to the other and probably wow. half an hour depth walking through it so it's massive. Um, but yeah, the thing that really stood out for me amongst the new Oberheim synth, the OBXB, um, was the, yeah, was, was this, was this very small stand that uh, had this product to help disabled people, elderly and young people, uh, hold musical instruments and microphones and things like that. Wow. What kind of instrument, like a sax, like just saxophone, a guitar, what, what kind of instruments are we talking or was it just a generalized tool? Yeah, it's like a generalized tool. I do actually have them in the room here. Should I get them and show? Should I get them and show? You? Yeah, we, sure. we'd love They're to see the them. And those those listening, we'll try to describe it as best best we can. So it's a thing called Easy Hold. Easy Hold. Okay. Is this for yeah, your products, Jeremy? It's kind of like. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, no, no, made that's by just, the, just the easy fan. If they need a, if people need a fan, they know a. They know an easy, easy way to get it. <laughs> yeah, you do make some great products, Jeremy. Oh, um, thank you so much. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like a... So I've got my water bottle here. It's like a rubber device that um, goes... It will go through something. Like, um, this bottle's too big to really demo it, but I haven't got anything else. So, yeah, they're just kind it's of kind of like a rubber... Handle. Yeah, it's a handle. So you could put, like, a microphone through it. And then, if you if you're not very dexterous, you can just you can just hold it. Like yes, this, like as, as Pat's yeah. demonstrating there. Yeah, like so if you wrap your hands around a mug with your fingers through the the thing. So so it's basically exactly. a a portable plastic handle that you can strap onto, say, a microphone or a whatever else, whatever you might find convenient. Is that kind of the absolutely the idea behind a, that? A, yeah, a drumstick, a set of maracas. Um, yeah, uh, all kind of shaker, you know, all kinds of musical instruments that would m might be difficult to hold, and um, yeah, they do all kinds of like shapes and sizes for them for different things. Oh, and that's awesome. Yeah, for me, this was that was just the best thing of the Nam show, and I'm sure that's not what people would expect, but yeah. No, that, that's cool. great. I, I feel like I feel like too, you know, even you know, for I feel like that could have all kinds of uses beyond. You know, en enablement, if that's the right word. Guess, uh, Absolutely, yeah. If I if I just get out their um, their promo material, they do, they do show various various different things that it can be used with. Okay, um, yeah, you got a fork and a superhero model. That's paintbrush. Yeah. When I edit the episode, I'll find yeah, a picture. Um, you know, a high quality. Picture. Excellent. Yeah, this is a bit. This has been in my bag for three weeks. So um, yeah, that's why it's like that. Um, but nice. yeah, just an amazing company, and um, uh, I was going to say something else about them, but I've forgotten. Yeah, well, that's it. It's, it feel like you know, it's like you do something simple, but you do it well, and that can be a that can be a good thing. I, I think. 
Absolutely. Um, I've remembered what I was going to say, um, if sure. I can. They're, they want to they want a petition to have like a area of NAM which is dedicated to devices like this. So they want to have, you know, um, accessibility section to NAM. They are the first accessibility product that's ever been at NAM. This show's been running for absolutely years and um, they are the first accessibility product ever at NAM. So, um, yeah, she is... Um, the, the the company is a small family company and they are going to petition to to nam to have like a disability accessibility area which i'm all for i just think that's an amazing idea very cool yeah well for sure that's that's pretty neat um all right well that's that's the best thing you saw the cool, coolest thing you saw nam what, what about what about america what's the what was the coolest thing in america in your opinion <laughs> Well, so many, so many great things. I mean, the food was pretty amazing. Um, I loved like the diners, just going to the diners um, filled me with immense joy. I didn't really expect it to. Um, yeah, the people, people were so nice, you know, people are friendly and open. That was, that was um, a thing that you don't always, I don't know, in Britain, we're quite, quite kind of um, uptight and a little bit kind of shy and introverted. And I just really love how approachable American people are. Um, I think the number one thing for me, though, looking looking at everything I did was uh, Dolores Park in San Francisco, hmm. which is uh, like one of the main parks in San Francisco. And it just has the most stunning uh, backdrop of any park I've ever seen in my whole life. Um, and really? San Francisco is a great city. Um, yeah, I did post it on my Twitter feed. When I came back, I posted a picture from Dolores Park like... It's just beautiful. And on a Friday night and a Saturday night, it's just full of people having a great time. Um, wow. And you can see like the full cityscape from this park. It's just the, the, like the, the, the stretch of vision you can see is just stunning. That's, that sounds awesome. And your Twitter account is at MIDI underscore error, I believe. Is that, is that correct? That is correct. <laughs> My old one got stolen by somebody. MIDI, MIDI error with no underscore oh, got no. stolen. Oh. Cause yeah, we wondered about that. Cause, cause I, I looked it up earlier. I was trying to make sure I had you. And then I was like, I don't think this is him. And then anyway, so that's why I knew there was an underscore. Yeah. What I did was I, I deactivated my account and then like literally a day later, somebody nick had it. So they didn't like nick it off me. I deactivated it and then, and then kind of wanted it back. And it's just one of those life lessons of like, if you really want something, don't yeah. let it go. Well, that's a, yeah. that's a good, I just looked up the that's a good the philosophy in many that you were talking about. And when you were describing it, my mind for some reason I was picturing the park being down low and looking up at the city. Mm -hmm. But it's the other way around. The park is up high looking down into the city. Yeah. The, yeah, it's stunning. It's very nice. Yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful San Francisco is a beautiful city and there's lots of vantage points all around it. Um Golden Gate Park is this huge, huge, huge park that would take you two hours to walk from one end to the other. Um and yeah, there's there's vistas all around the city and um just it, yeah, it's an amazing place. Really, really cool. Nice. I I've never been there, but I'll have to maybe I'll have to go sometime. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Do go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now, now you're you're back home in the uh, the Brighton area in the UK. Just getting back into kind of our, our subject, how, how do you how do you even define electronic music? What when would you say that started anyway? Um, I, I I guess I would define electronic music um, as uh, music that's been made with synthesizers, drum machines, sample samplers, and the the basis of it being electronic. I mean, you could still have electronic music with guitars in it. I would think that's perfectly acceptable and a very good thing. 
Um, but yeah, for me, electronic music would be uh, fundamentally with, with synths and uh, drum machines. And um, you, 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 one could argue that electronic music is all music nowadays because it's all running through computers. You know, it's all getting digitized sure. in some way. It, it, they're not really using reel-to-reel stuff that's all analog in the studios, live recording. But yeah, for me, fundamentally, I think, yeah, just that's, that's it really. And, and there's, just a, there's just such a range of electronic music nowadays. And um, yeah, it's, it's huge. It's massive. Yeah, absolutely. And then you yourself, I mean, you've been you've been dabbling in electronic music. I, I'd have for a long time. I'd have to. Well, I know you have, but yeah. I, uh, well, it has to be Jean Michel Jarre. Um, uh, I had a cassette of Jean Michel Jarre uh, images, which was like a compilation at the time in the early '80s, and um, I just remember listening to that in the car and just being taken to like space, basically, just being taken to another world. These beautiful melodic landscapes of like mystery mystery and um uh exploration and they just filled me with a sense of wonder and um yeah that that's my easily my main influence and then sort of i remember hearing records like um laurie anderson's oh superman uh which is like a vocoded track and it's quite a sinister sound um mm. so a vocoder is when you run a synthesizer um, in unison with the human voice and they modulate each other so you get like a roboty sort of oh, okay. um, uh, kind of sound and uh, yeah it genuinely scared me that record genuinely scared me when I was like a kid um, I didn't know what to make of it and I still it still makes me feel uneasy but I kind of liked that that I wasn't too sure about it yeah you know what's funny is I saw um, I re- Remember the the Dalek from Doctor Who? Uh, somehow I must have seen that like when I was too young or something. But that thing, that still scares me to this day. Just the, you know the robotic noise and the plunger or whatever. And I, I don't know. I've seen yeah, many man. of the scary scarier things than that. It's kind of silly, I guess, looking at it now. But it's still. Yeah, I, I get know. it though. I completely get that, man, because it's like such an inhuman thing it's such a weird chunky object and it, even the way they move is a bit like wonky isn't it they're a bit sort of um eerie in that sense but yeah it uses a ring modulator i think i think there is actually a circuit you can find to replicate that exact dalek voice although you might not want to oh um, man there are that sounds awesome. you might not want to but now you might have, have to have night- nightmares out there <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, perhaps you uh, could make one, Pat. You could do one and uh, freak Jeremy out during yeah, during I'll podcasts. Did not not show it to my kids before bedtime. <laughs> um, so that that got you kind of down down this path of uh, of doing that. Do you do you feel like you know now you're, you're involved in production and and in, in all aspect all aspects of it? You might you might say. Do you think? This uh, this type of music, electronic music, is more of a participatory than than many forms. I mean, it seems like it seems like if you like electronic music, a lot of people are kind of, oh, I should make some myself. Or I should make this, uh, you know, like the Atari punk synth or whatever. It seems like it seems like people like to get into it on some some level. You think that's, I don't know. You think you you think you could be a electronic music fan without having some interest in making some of it? That's an unfair question, but. That's a good question. No, no, that's a good question because I think it's so accessible now. It's so unbelievably accessible to make electronic music. Um, if you have an iPad, if you have a mobile phone, uh, whatever it is, you can basically make music on now. So like the the barriers to entry in making it are just 
uh, incredible. So, yeah, I think for I think you're 100 percent right. I think that anyone who gets really passionate about electronic music, they are just going to want to um, eventually, at some point, make it. Like, um, I know, I you know, I know friends who have who've been in their kind of late 30s and decided oh, I actually want to make music, and they end up making great electronic music because they've been a fan. You know, they've listened for so many years. They're sort of they have this built in. Um, archive sure. of, of sound and they know what they want and um, yeah it's great and I mean even today I was talking to a YouTuber who's a really young YouTuber and he's making beats online and he's sort of you know on the rise and it's just amazing to see uh, yeah the people people coming through making amazing music well how long did it take you to go from when you heard that first first electronic music track to saying oh I want to do this and then actually making it yourself. What what was the prog progress there? <laughs> I th I would say it was maybe it's a good question. Maybe ten ten or so years from like listening to early electronic stuff. And I also would like to include it, the the Doctor Who theme, uh, which was an amazing piece of electronic music, um, originally uh, originally composed by Delia Derbyshire, and uh, later Orbital remixed it, and they just basically smashed that remix out of the park it was like the greatest remix of all time if you haven't heard the doctor who remix that orbital did listen to it it's like it's absolutely stunning i think it was the i think it was the free cds that were on like um computer music magazines on uh, really? like future music and computer music yeah they would give away like a free daw or like a, a sequencing program and uh, you know i had a friend that was also into it and we'd he'd kind of you know, pass over a disc and go, listen, you know, try this, see what you think of it. Or he'd play me his music and I'd be like, yeah, that sounds amazing. And I guess in those early days, I was, yeah, just completely freeform making weird stuff, okay. just learning how to sequence and, and uh, how filtering works, how effects work. And um, yeah, doing some really way out remixes. Yeah, very cool. Now, now I mean, today, you know, I don't, I don't exactly know how how old you are, but let's just assume this is a decade or two later today. What, what do you think people are, I guess, starting out with? I mean, you know, as far as hardware-wise, yeah, obviously people mix it on computers or phones. Is there anything, you know, like an Arduino or Raspberry Pi or what kind of what kind of equipment do you think people are taking advantage of now? I was yeah. I think mainly it is software that people are picking up for the first time, for sure. But um, you know, often if people's friends have got drum machines or uh, a synth it, it kind of sparks something in in people to make that electronic music but in terms of like arduinos raspberry pis teen c's um there are so many amazing ways to to make electronic music using those devices um you do have to kind of um le learn programming for them mm. so i'd say that yeah all that kind of stuff is maybe um a couple of stages after your first endeavors with uh, making music um but yeah there's so much around uh even on the ipad you know there's, there's amazing drum machines on ipads oh that's right because i i uh man, what was the name of it uh korg i, I got a korg uh chaosolator the um app for the for the ipad that was kind of kind of fun to play around with and, and now now my kids play around with it so it's it's interesting um i don't know to see the progression i guess yeah, I mean it's amazing the processing power that we have um, on those things. 
um, compared to what was what was a what was available even like twenty yeah twenty five years ago it just wasn't possible in software form. Like the first soft synths were coming out, I think like the early nineties. So sure. um, yeah, software's software's the king now. And I used to be, I used to be really really um, strict about being like a hardware junkie and like it has to be hardware and you know. Uh, yeah, hardware. You just know the sound of hardware. Just you should kind of be one of those people. But now I'm. I just think whatever works for you. That's that's yeah. that's what you should use. And I've got no problems with taking a laptop with loads of samples and recordings on it. And um, yeah, making just as good a music as I would in uh, hardware. Not to say that that's good music. <laughs> right. But just as good. <laughs> yeah, for for sure. I I just. I guess it just makes me think of um, one of your old podcasts. Maybe we could talk a little more about that later. But, you know, you were, t- you were t- talking about some of the older video games, how they had to do, you know, things that seem crazy today, like to save memory, like, you know, playing a clip backwards or, you know, they had this much space for the for the audio clips. They had to, you know, some real, real interesting technical challenges. But it's definitely, I don't know, a, a part of me thinks that, Oh, that's really cool. It's kind of a shame that doesn't exist anymore. But at the same time, it's like, you know, what we have today allows people to make so much more, so much more stuff that would have been nearly impossible even, even twenty years ago. Definitely, yeah. I had the pleasure of speaking to uh, Tim Wright, who is the composer for the Wipeout soundtrack, um, and he's been making music since. Oh. Um, oh, what was the first game he worked on? But he worked on games in like definitely the early nineties, and yeah, yeah. They were, he was talking about um, yeah compressing sound files, uh, like downsampling them, how low the sample rate had to be, but also like repurposing them. Yeah, that might be one of the things that he, that uh, you yeah. recall is like repurposing a sample that could either be like a like high sound. And then you can pitch it down, and it can kind of be yeah. like a kick drum. So you'd you'd repurpose what what they call in the kind of three um, D modeling world as like an asset. You could repurpose I that see. asset that and use it in different ways. Uh, yeah, John Grant was also the other interview where we spoke about video games and how okay. somehow they managed to meld together the the visuals with the sound perfectly. Like it looked like. You know, it just looked like it worked. It looked like a natural thing because the sound effect was so um, perfect for the the character movement. Nice. Now, I read somewhere, and um, was it true that the Asteroids game actually had like this, like, where, where, where? That was actually done in, in hardware. It's not actually, it's actually a, a looping thing that goes like an actual circuit in the game itself, not, a, not something that's played via software. Is that, I don't know why that came to mind. But I read- wow, I don't know. I don't know about that. But what? But I, I did go to a barcade when I was out in America, a bar with an arcade in, and we got $10 and we played video games in on arcade machines for two hours for $10. And they had a Asteroids machine there and it was just amazing to play it because it has a vector, the vector yeah. screen. Oh That's my an God, amazing so game. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So fluid. Yeah. It's just, you, you don't get the... You, you can't get the fluidity on camera. It's just, it's not the same. You have to just actually see it with your eyes. It's nice. beautiful. Well, uh, well, listen, we're, we're about halfway through the show or so, but we were thinking that um, we could take, go ahead and take a coffee break and then afterwards we could maybe talk about 
maybe not how what somebody would get into electronic music, but maybe some of the background that you might want to do is so like what instruments you could kind of pick up. Uh, a little more about your journey. You've done some really interesting things, even even tangential to to, to music itself. Yeah, actually, talk about you because you used to do a podcast too. So maybe you can give us some tips on what, what we're doing wrong or <laughs> or perhaps even right. So, but yeah, yeah sounds if that good. sounds good. We'll go ahead and take a break, and we'll we'll be right back. Do you do you have the um, people up or, or not? I don't. I don't think I can get to the people. If you could tell us the URL, I'll, I'll read the names. So. Yeah, I can do that. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the coffee break. I'm here with uh, Jeremy Cook. Jeremy, I finished my coffee. This was a latte when I, we started. I still have some. I still have some coffee, but if I pour it out, then I might actually pour it on my keyboard or something. So I, you know, you'll just Don't have to trust that. me on that. Cold coffee from Costco, as I mentioned, it's, uh, I think they're like, it's got some cat on it or something. Anyway, coffee break as we do each week, we're going to call out our top five Patreons. Carl is on, on top. We think alphabetically, but that's not actually true because Brian Moses is also one of our top five Patreons and he should be, uh, should be ahead of him, but he's not. I, I don't really know, even know why. Michael Sizer, we'll call you out too. Raptor, creatively spelled. Stuart Morrow and Positive Waves. I think that's that's five or or so a, hand, a handful a handful if you have an extra picky someone might have that or it might might be called a different type of appendage i mean if you have an extra extra finger digit is it, those are digits jeremy digit is it still a pinky uh, or could you name it something i mean one I, of them I think goes you, to the market and one of them stays home yeah and the other one goes wee, 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 wee. <laughs> all the way home he really does that's the small one. That's the pinky. If you didn't want to become one of our top five, five or so Patreons, where would you go, Pat? You would go. I have the window open over here, Jeremy, so I don't say it wrong. You would go okay. to patreon.com slash create invent. All one word. Patreon.com slash create invent. Yes. Is that right? Okay. That is correct. Okay. Very that good. That is absolutely correct. I'm staring at it right now to make sure I don't say it wrong. Good. I was not staring. I, I just did that. I just freestyled that whole thing, Pat. Wow. Unbelievable. But I did I did mess up something because, look, my fan's on. I turned oh, it back your on. Fan, that's going to be a continuity error in the middle. If you think Jeremy should fix that fan that's shaking around, if you think he should balance that, you should leave a comment and let him know because that's making me nervous a little bit. <laughs> you should also leave a comment telling me how to do this because I don't really know how. I guess I should, since I have a mechanical engineering degree. But you know, that they don't. I didn't. I didn't really pay attention on fan balancing day. If you know how to do it, leave a comment, and I'll invite you over, and you can take care of that for me, and I'll make you a coffee or something. Yeah, but the, the fans, the fans in my house, though, Pat. I have a fan too that's not as bad as yours that needs. Oh, okay. So basically, you can support us on Patreon, or you can come over and fix our fans. Yes. And we'll get you back to your show. Well, uh, everybody, we've uh, had our coffee break. I've actually had some coffee today, some cold coffee from cold coffee from Costco. Um, you know, they don't pay me to say that, but it's and uh, Chris has had some water, I believe. Now, uh, Chris, you had a you had a question for Pat that's a little bit off the subject, but go ahead and shoot. And we'll uh, we'll answer as best best we can, I guess. Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of Pat's avatar on Twitter. I, I I declared it one of the greatest avatars on Twitter. Only along, if not the best, 
alongside uh, there's a guy called um, oh what's he called Chips for the Poor so Pat's avatar and Chips for the Poor oh. are the two greatest I recognize avatars that name, on Twitter but I can't remember what his avatar and Pat's but I know what my avatar looks like. I know the name, but, not yeah, the avatar, I, gotta... but I know what my avatar looks like. It's this, but 22 Wait, I years think yours... younger. Yeah. I think. Yeah, why and don't you explain what, is what, it? what happened What here? is it? How did, that, well, we how did you make that brilliant that I needed thing? a website, and we decided it was going to be patshead.com, and it needed a spinning head like Bill Nye. And this is like... Tw- <laughs> but, this, right around and this 20 is like years 20 years ago, ago like correct? The end of 1999, early 2000 was when we took those pictures. We did it in the office. We got a tripod. We set it up. I mean, this was a digital camera that did like, you know, 640 <laughs> by 480. This was not a nice camera. I sat on an office chair and, you know, I spun around. We did like 16 <laughs> of them. Click, click. You know, we just took 16 or so pictures. And, you know, boy, I traced around my head to cut it out, and it was a lot of work. It took hours to do that the first time. And, and anywhere an that lets me upload a GIF it was, it was as my avatar, well I, I upload it. And if it works, I'm excited. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes they let you upload it, but it's just my head Amazing. to the side. It just shows this frame for some reason, and that, <laughs> oh, that bums me out. But when it spins, forget it. I'm excited. I just, I'm cheering. It's, Thank you. It's mesmerizing. It, it is. Yeah, I, I remember, Pat, before we really knew each other, like, you saw you on Twitter come up once or twice. It's like, patshead.com, who's this guy? <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and now, and now, now I know you pretty well. It's amazing. Well, so Every few on, months, somebody tweets you know. and says, how do I get a, an animated avatar? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> how do I get my head anymore. rotating? Yeah. You yeah. know, people, people have their various complaints about Twitter but I, I feel like the thing that needs to be, you know, resolved is put the put the animated tw- animated things back on Twitter. But then then again, if that happened, then Pat wouldn't be no. as, as special as he is now. So Jeremy, you don't want to make me I any guess, less special than I already I guess, am. I guess, it's a very I, special I, thing. I it's like one of the it's like one of the seven wonders of the world. But it's like one of the seven wonders <laughs> well, of Twitter awesome. is Pat's head <laughs> rotating when he that. tweets. I hope they believe well, me. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to like you're gonna have to clip that out, yeah, Pat, just and just itself, post just it on your Twitter or something. Because that's that's all I need. Yes, it's... Please do, please do. Uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan. It makes me giggle yeah. every time I see it. It's just the best thing ever. Oh, what, what software did you use? Like, GIMP. what platform was that on? The GNU Image Manipulation Program back when it was pretty new back then. But then I know I had to use something like what was it, right. Gifsicle or something, to put it together. I, man, I don't. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Maybe Gifsicle recompressed it to make it a little smaller without losing quality or something. I don't remember. This has been so long. And it's not a transparent background. I wasn't smart enough to do that. It's a white background, I think. And I might be lying about that. I might have both. It's okay. If circa, circa 2000, if you were smart enough to make an animated GIF, period, you but were yeah, it was me and the hamster you know, well above back then. That's... <laughs> wow well, i haven't heard hamster, the words hamster dance for about 15 years so. it's been a bit of a while i think we're all dating ourselves here uh, yeah hey so before we get into some of your other background chris i i um i wanted to ask one more musical question and it, let's just say you know you maybe wanted to get into you don't even know but it's like oh electronic music is pretty cool 
but I like music in general. What would be the instrument or two instruments or three instruments or even just musical training in general that you would say somebody should should look into? Like me, I can't carry I, a tune yeah, in a bucket. That, it, I almost you might be able to... brought a bucket from the garage to show everybody that I <laughs> might, maybe that would help. But if I wanted to learn to play digital there's no, there's no tune in somehow, here. what kind of toy should I buy? How about that? Okay. Oh, if you want to make electronic music, yeah. Um, well, I think you already have the gear. You already have like a computer. But what or a if I wanted to buy imagine. hardware so, that, um, to make plenty me feel of free cool, bits to make it feel like I'm a musician, so I can. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I'm still, I'm still trying to do that myself. Um, go to a shop, go to a store, and try out like what they have in a synth shop and see which things like resonate with you see which which gear like jumps out at you that 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 would be um yeah my my main piece of advice because these stores are all there to like sell gear you don't necessarily have to buy it from them but there are so many places you can just walk into and um try out their synths or, or their drum machines or whatever and yeah i think if you want to go down hardware that's a great route um you can definitely check out websites like sonic state if you want to know uh what the latest new gear is or like what's what's um what's like an amazing piece of gear you can look back through the the, the reviews that nick bat's done uh nick bat is like an absolute god of a human being he's an absolute industry legend um uh yeah so like his reviews are second to none i i think in the, in the industry um but also just kind of answer jeremy's the, the question jeremy asked which was a slightly different is I would always say, like, um, what music do you want to make? Like, what type of music do you want to make? And um, maybe what music do you want to emulate? So for me, uh, picking up the guitar was a huge a huge deal for making music and because uh, I was able to play all those rock songs that I absolutely love mm. uh, by myself with just a guitar. And Vince Clark, famously, Vince Clark of Depeche Mode and of Yazoo and Erasure, <clears throat> Um, uh, he uses a guitar all the time for composition. Hmm. So he always starts his tracks with a guitar because he knows that the, the basis of the musical basis behind the track is, is there. Um, uh, yeah. Having, having made it on a guitar. Um, sometimes I think with electronic music, you can rely, you can get the equipment to kind of do the melody for you in a way. And that's really good for getting starting. But I think if you want to really make uh, music which moves people, which has like suspense and release, which has tension and um, yeah, like euphoric moments and depth, I think knowing musical theory is eventually very useful. And things like the guitar and the piano are good places to start, but you don't necessarily need to have lessons which teach you how to play a certain thing you can just pick them up and be motivated by the songs that you love and um, play them okay that's interesting yeah i guess that's kind of what i was thinking you know, just you know like my kids um you know my son's been playing piano and you know he, he likes he likes electronic music and i'm like you know it's i think he saw um the track with the guy was using uh, industrial robots and and playing music and stuff with it and um i was like yeah you know if you you know piano and everything else like that you know if you learn the theory and stuff you could you could do something like this too and hopefully i'm hopefully I'm providing the right guidance um i guess what i'm getting at is it is, is is it good to have a musical background as far as you know piano or even guitar 
if you have that, does it help you step into electronic music better? Or is that kind of all tangential? Um, so. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's a good question that because you do kind of need it eventually. Um, however, don't let that be a, a, like a, a hurdle or like an obstacle to entry because everyone starts off not knowing anything about whatever they do. So just picking up a guitar and just playing some random things is great. And um, same with the piano. You can kind of feel when when it's working and when it's not. You know, even if you're um, like Pat with his buckets um, empty of, of music, I'm sure that you could sit in front of a piano, Pat, and, and, and like put something together and be inspired yeah. by... Chris, um, I don't want to brag, yeah, music that but you I love. can play guitar well, here. Yeah, I think it expert. is... I'm... But whoa, okay, that's not crazy. I didn't realize that's what we were dealing with. Okay, (laughs) what comes on the screen? It's a no, that's highly skilled. That's highly skilled. Have you have you seen people? I've seen a guy, I don't know if he's speed running, um, Guitar Hero, but he's playing like the highest ever level of of um, of Guitar Hero and he completes it perfectly, and it's probably the most. Uh, one yeah. of the most impressive and kind of speed runs things I've ever seen. I could get through that song with enough, you know, they give you so <laughs> yeah. many errors you could make. And I could, I spent a long time, I don't remember the name of the really hard yeah. song and the really hard guitar hero, but I think I've made it through and been amazed. It's, and then you put the guitar yeah, down and you crazy. walk away and you're like, I'm done, I, I win. I think you know, that song, that I think song name is on the tip of my tongue. I can't remember. I feel like, like a metal. It's a metal song, isn't it? Um, I'd just like to I point so. out at this juncture that there is a video of me using a Xbox um, Guitar Hero controller cool. as a MIDI instrument on my YouTube channel. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so I managed to get it sending wirelessly sending MIDI nice. to like an arpeggiator and I'm holding down the notes. And this was about 10 years ago um, on my rubbish YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I think... Uh... I think everybody has that view of at some point. Like, I want to tell um, you guys the name of the song. Yeah. I'm wrong, though. My mind is saying something to do with yes. fire and ice, but that's Game of Thrones. Was it Dragon Dragon yes. something? But that might be the band dragon? name has dragon in it. Because hmm. I feel like there was also like a Metallica, like not, not quite Metallica. I think it might it be kind of... Metallica. If you kind of Google amazing uh guitar hero speed run you'll see the one but um yeah it's it's pretty I, crazy yeah it's uh it definitely takes some skill what it's it's always i guess i always think like um you know you learn skills and it's like how does that translate to like other things in life or something you might be able to use you know yeah. you know talk about gu- guitar and i've been i've actually been picking up uh the baritone ukulele just because it's been I used to play bass guitar a lot long ago and it's like, well, four strings, that's that makes sense to me. But then it's like you start looking up songs and it's like, hmm, some of these I can't really play because they're for guitar. So but Yeah. I if you have you got a good singing voice, Jeremy? You've got quite a deep voice. Oh thank you. I, I uh Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I suppose I do. Ask I don't you to demonstrate for us. To my own horn, I suppose. But- <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. But 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 thank you. That's nice nice of you to say. Yeah, I'd think it would go well with uh yeah, I mean, the ukulele is a cool instrument and I think that is a really nice a really nice thing to pick up because it's so like uh mobile, you can just take it anywhere and you can Yeah. 
Well, that that's the thing. It's like you know, if I'm doing something else, or if I'm watching watching football, or I was gonna say watching football or watching my kids, because that's that's the same thing. You know, you just Jeremy used you know, to try to just take a full size piano a with them. Good little practice parties and stuff, but it was just too much work, so he switched to the ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's very impractical. Um, although, although ten out of ten for effort. Oh, yeah, thanks. It's uh, <laughs> you know, I tried to I tried to switch the upright piano after after using the uh, the baby grand because you know, but you know, neither of them really worked too well. Yeah, that that twentieth floor apartment party was a, a difficult one to get the grand piano, but I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, could well, I just two things I can kind of segue for you here uh, yeah, into something absolutely. else um, which I think we might talk about so also though I'd, I would like to maybe just recommend some things that are electronic that people might like to buy um, that I, I t- didn't kind of give any specific things so the Volker series the Korg Volker series are amazing electronic music devices um, people people you know I, I've heard people um speaking about them blind listening to them and they think that it's amazingly expensive gear but the Korg Volker series the Volker FM the Volker Beats the Volker Bass they're absolutely amazing they're really small devices they're battery operated they've got speakers built in and you can you can sync them all together they're super oh, yeah, good looks, they're I'm just really looking that up fun now. that looks that looks pretty pretty sweet yeah <laughs> honestly uh... they're really cool Really cool devices. Also, the Pocket Operator series from Teenage Engineering. Uh, they're really small, funky devices which you can take anywhere and you can record. You can record into them. One of them's a sampler. Um, yeah, there's what else would there? I mean, the Ro- Roland have reissued um, a lot of their classic drum machines and since Behringer, of course, kind of controversially reissuing everything that's ever been made. Um, hmm. But at this a very teenage engineering uh, thing, I had one of these level. in my office last month. Well, we were had it under a soldering iron and a heat gun. It's amazing. This uh, thing that looks like a kid. It's got a little LED <laughs> screen on it. I, it's the first thing that comes up when you. Go. Yeah, yeah, it looks it looks like looks like a calculator, but it's. What do you can you like sample stuff with it? Or how does this? There is a sampler, and while I was traveling, I took it with me. Um, and yeah, you can sample into it. You can. It's got a line input, so you can put a jack into it, or you can record using the mic. And uh, it has an amazing feature, right? So you can record in two ways into it. You rec- you can record a sound in uh, just one sound, and then play it back on the keys. Or you can record a sound in, and when it's finished recording, it will divide your sound up into sixteen sections, and immediately put them on the sixteen keys. So you can just like say anything oh, at all, like blah, 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 into it, stop recording, and then that whole phrase will immediately be on the keys, and it's just so <laughs> that, much fun. That's so cool. So you could say like, or you could even record somebody saying something, and then you could just like, blah, 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 and then like change around what they said. So it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's you can reorder the sentence. But, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I just, the KO. That's the KO. The sampler is, um, but they're yeah. all good. The arcade is Man. for like chip tune sounds. Um, honestly, oh. I um, somebody who I know had a thirteen-year-old child, and he he'd never made any electronic music. And I said uh, I suggested getting the Pocket Operator Ko for her son, who was yeah uh, thirteen. I don't know if I mentioned that. And um, yeah, he absolutely loved it. He was sampling his mum. He was sampling me. He was sampling himself. And he was just 
in, a, in this world of like pure I'm picturing Gene from Bob's it. Burger oh that's awesome running around with his little keyboard <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's if they could get a like product placement that would be perfect <laughs> um, yeah well, that's awesome so there's some oh, recommendations um, nice. just just to just to segue for you this is the segue now um, sure I wanted to just suggest some gear because I didn't mention anything. Um, yeah. So, so Guitar Hero, um, I interviewed for my podcast a girl called Cheryl Panero, Cheryl Panero and she's a oh, secret wow. character in the Guitar Hero series. That's one of her like things on her bio. She's in one of the bands that's like one of the secret bands. And I didn't um, know there was such a thing. Even <laughs> that's that's cool. Neither did I. I've I've, I've I've I have to say, unlike Pat's expertise, I've I've not ever owned a game a guitar hero game although i do own a ton of computer games um but yeah cheryl panero um she was the first person i interviewed on my podcast she was nice. like kind of the inspiration to start it in a way and Very yeah she cool. was a secret character nice. in guitar hero i feel like i feel like you've got if you've got a name that rhymes as as well as hers you have to be a i don't know <laughs> i feel like yeah i don't know i just Rolls off your tongue. That's that's nice. Exactly, Chopin. She's she's German Filipino, and she's an ab. Not only is she um, absolutely beautiful, but she's an incredible bass player, and um, yeah, a wonderful person, oh, an amazing well, person. Well, that's great. And 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 as you were saying, so you did you did a podcast. I believe you did about about fifty episodes, and you, um, yeah, you got to meet some really neat people. Um, you know, I know you know Pat and I were talking. You know, we've heard of. A lot of a lot of cool people, but you know who we heard of was um, Norman Cook, who's not related to me, but is also known as. Uh, and now I'm blanking on this. Yeah, Fatboy so Slim. Fatboy Slim. Um, Fatboy Slim, exactly. So yeah, you get to talk to him. That was that was a cool interview. And you, was... you said, so some of these people, you know, when we when we do this podcast, it's like you know some people are good interviews. Everyone and, you know, is a good interview. Jeremy. Say you know, it's great. Shut but then mouth. some people, other people, everybody is a good interview, especially exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Except this one, but I, I guess I guess what you were saying was some some people have become your friends afterwards, which I kind of I feel like I like that too. It's such a cool, uh, you know, cool thing. Um, yeah, that's an amazing thing that I didn't expect was that actually some people who are huge superstars have kept in contact, and I've kept in contact with them, and it that was totally unexpected. Really, um, you know, some of the people that I spoke to, um, you know. Fatboy Slim, yeah, that was like a life-changing moment. Uh, Infected Mushroom, DJ Rap, Andrew Huang, that was pretty massive. Dave Clark, Tim Exile in the early days, that was incredible. Uh, CJ Bolland, one of my absolute heroes. Um, yeah, it's amazing that some of these people uh, I'm still in contact with. Yeah, DJ Rap, I did some animations for her um, after, really? we, after we spoke. Yeah, and I was just like, you know, like walking around the neighborhood I live on the phone to DJ Rap and just thinking, how the how the heck did this happen? <laughs> yeah. Wait, so you do animations too? You do that, you said? Yeah, I do live you... visuals. I, I really enjoy doing visuals at gigs. And I do that, mo at, the, at the moment I do that for free for bands that I like. So if I see a band and I like them, I offer to do visuals for them for free. And I've done that for a band called Hanya, who you should definitely check out. Hanya are an amazing band from Brighton absolutely okay. stunning sort of 
when I first saw them, they reminded me of the Jefferson Airplane, but now they've kind of gone beyond that and they're just, they're their own thing. And, and yeah, I really recommend them. Also, Yumi and the Weather is another one that I've done visuals for here in Brighton. She's an incredible singer-songwriter um, who I also interviewed on my podcast. Um, and yeah, an incredible person with, you know, like like many of us, like all of us, and I'll freely admit that I, you know, I have difficulties in my life and um, struggled with all kinds of all kinds of different things that are not like clearly visible. Yeah, she's she's very open about her struggles in life, and um, and yeah, she's an amazing singer songwriter, Yumi. Nice. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, it's um, you know, I I started listening to it, and then then you seems like you've kind of, I guess, take, taken a break at least. Would you like to talk about why you? Why you decided to kind of give it up for the time being? Absolutely. It was kind of a strange time to end it, maybe from the outside in, because I was starting to interview like huge people. Right, because you interview a boy, fat boy, something like this is awesome. And then no more. I'm like, well, <laughs> anyway, it was, I'm, I'm sure you guys are aware of like how much time goes into it. Um, I, I'm, I'm notorious for over preparing for things and I wanted to make sure that every guest on my show had like the utmost respect that I'd that I'd completely researched their career and I knew basically every, almost everything about them because I didn't want I didn't want to disrespect them in any way. I didn't want to come across as like um you know a journalist who was just into their their sort of juicy stories. So I took a huge amount of time to prepare for every interview regardless of the size. And it was, yeah, it, it, it was a massive, a massive time. Um, it, it took a massive amount of time to, mm. to not only prepare for, but also, um, yeah, to, to interview and then to edit myself and to promote myself. And um, I hated, I hated listening to the sound of my voice. I'm going to hate watching back <laughs> the, to this, but I, you know, it, that was, that was a factor in it. I was like, I'm sick of hearing myself talking now. I've done 50 of these. Um, yeah, it was a weird time to end because the, the guests were getting massive and it was like High Contrast was one of the, the ones near the end. And like, you know, he's world famous drum and bass DJ. But for me, it was it, the amount of time that it was taking me um, versus like uh, having to do my work, having to do my day jobs. Um, it was, um, yeah, I just felt like 50 was a really good number to end on. And I, I'm not... I've not put a lid on it, but I think if it were to come back, it would be in a different form. Yeah, that was the other thing. So the format sort of, um, I got a bit tired of the format as well, kind of asking them in the mm. beginning, like how, what was your earliest memories of music? Which is, which is a cool thing, you know, it's, it's quite a cool thing to say, but I just felt like I'd sort of fallen into a formulaic trap with what I'm doing. Like, right. So, yeah, and... I just needed a bit of time off. It was there were some weeks. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. It it basically saved me through lockdown. And I know lots of people have these these uh, stories of things that saved them during lockdown. But for me, it was the, it was the podcast because you know we all had quite a, a weird and solitary and isolated experience during lockdown. And I was somehow able to speak to my absolute heroes and. Um, it was it was mind blowing, and the the Norman Cook interview was mind blowing. Um, it was just un phenomenal to be sat in his kitchen, being asked if I would like milk and and, and sugar in my tea by one of my absolute heroes. It was just crazy. 
Well, yeah, that's the thing. I guess it was, you know, I'm listening to him like, wow, this guy's actually in his house and, you know, hanging out with them. That's, that's like, it's like another level. And then the other thing, you know, I, I listened to it. I was like, wow, this guy really prepares too. I was like, <laughs> you kind of, you kind of put us to shame, or at least well, me, but Pat, I, I know he puts in hours, hours and hours. Jeremy, I, don't. I feel like if yeah, I'm but, um, prepared sometimes, you know, there's no, I don't know, spot, spontaneity is the wrong word, but you know, it feels, it doesn't feel fresh, you know, it doesn't feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree with that because, you know, we, we were, Chris, we were talking before the show and, I was like, oh man, we gotta start recording this because you know you start like kind of having some off the cuff conversations, and you know all of a sudden it's it's good good stuff that everybody would would want to hear. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I yeah. We did just in the chat before we started. I did say that I think some of the best interviews were were some of the best conversations were done before we started recording, and in yeah. many cases afterwards. There was one particular interview where we spoke for an hour after the interview, and. Um, that was with Dave Spears, who's with G4 Software, and um, yeah, it is. It, it, ha, it was, and still is, an amazing thing that I'm really, really proud of doing. And uh, but you guys are doing a great job as well, you know. Like I loved listening to your conversation with DIY that Perks. Like oh, yeah. that yeah. guy's was, that guy's legendary. He he was a great guy. He's one of those people that it's you know it's like wow he was a great interview and just a great person and you know I don't know you know we. Yeah, we talked like we about for friend, almost an hour after so, that show. You know, definitely, yeah. Look, Mum, no computer. A He's a very nice guy. Yeah, oh, nice. He's a really good guy. Yeah, super um, down to earth. And yeah, you also spoke to Look, Mum, no computer, uh, who I'm a big fan of. Yeah, we're uh, we're big fans of him too. Actually, uh, I don't know. It was kind of like we, we lined him up. Actually, my former partner Max lined him up, and it was. It was a funny story because the whole during the whole interview, he's like he's like drilling something, but he's still he was like he's like making one of his contraptions, and he's still he's still able to carry on this conversation. And it was the weirdest thing because it was talking to him was just like watching him on YouTube. He's exact he's like he's exactly the same person. He, he's he's quite entertaining. <laughs> so. He is he's very entertaining. He's he's like a real sort of uh, renegade kind of punk character. Um, for some reason, I always when I see him, I kind of think of Keith Flint uh, of the Prodigy. You know, there's something about oh. those two guys that, I've, in my mind, they're connected in some some weird way. Who knows? Maybe he'll do a like a duo album at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Yeah, it's it's interesting. We we've gotten some certainly have had some good guests and uh, we enjoy it. But you know, like you said, I, you know, I, I asked the question because it's an interesting question, but. I think Pat and I both kind of knew the, the answer, which is, you know, um, oh, some someone's mowing the lawn. Some somebody's mowing the lawn, um, which is probably just time constraints. I would imagine that's what it comes down to. At, at the end, at the end of the day, as as much fun as this is, it it does, it does take time. Yeah, I would say roughly eight hours per episode uh, in, in overall, um, and if you times that by fifty. Uh, it's quite a lot of time, but um, yeah, I'm I'm not. I I would love to do like a retrospective of the things that I've learned doing it, and you know, people told me that I was good at it, and I I don't necessarily feel like I was good at it. I think that was probably another part of it. it was like my confidence in my ability, even though I was getting massive artists, I was kind of like, yeah, maybe I'm. I've always been very self-critical, and I think that imposter that, syndrome is um, real. 
it, that was maybe part of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, definitely. I, I kind of have quite bad anxiety. I know like on the outside, I'm quite good at hiding it though, you know? So I, I yeah, I do kind of suffer with that. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm my own biggest critic in everything that I do. So um, in, in a good, in a good way though, it kind of pushes me forward to, to like be the best I can. Yeah, that's true. I, th- I think stuff like that, anything like that's kind of a, you know, it's a double-edged sword because obviously, you know, if, if you if you know enough to know you don't know much about it, then maybe you are pretty good at it. But at the same time, I don't know what what is it the Dunning Kruger effect? Is that that what they call it when you know you don't you don't know anything about this, but you're definitely you definitely know you're the expert. And that's you know, it's like when you when you think maybe you're not so good, maybe maybe you are actually pretty good at it. Yeah, it's like when you know loads about a subject, you also know what you don't know about it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. We've been talking for a while, but I did want to ask you, so you actually taught taught English in uh, Russia, Brazil, and, and India too, right? So that's that's uh, three three out of four of the BRIC, the BRIC uh, nations, as they call them. Brazil, Russia, India, and China, right? So Yeah, oh, I need to go and do China, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing experience. So that was 2011 to 2015. And um, oh. yeah, just a, yeah, a, an incredible experience. And I'm all, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm indebted to the people who invited me to come over and teach English, especially in Brazil, because I, I had just qualified as a teacher and I was, yeah, my, my level of English. Uh, yeah, I mean, when you start out as a teacher, um, you, you're learning on the job, basically. And so, yeah, it was great to go out and, to, and live in Brazil and uh, do that stuff and basically learn on the job. <laughs> well, I mean, your English your English is quite good. I mean, if I, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's coming no. on. It's coming on. <laughs> but uh, so do you, do you speak uh, Portuguese as well? Or are you, uh, you um, did you have to speak the language there or did you? Um, eu, eu falo um pouco de português. Uh, I, I speak a little bit of Portuguese because when I was in Brazil, I had to kind of integrate with um, with the people around me, um, and we we did lots of stuff where we went to theatres quite often. So my girlfriend at the time was an actress, and so we went to like theatre productions quite often. And I found that in the early days, it was very difficult because I knew zero Portuguese when I went to Brazil because it was kind of like a knee jerk idea. And so I needed to be able to give each person who's who just come off stage like a little appraisal of like what they did and like how I enjoyed what they did and their part in the play. And in the early days, all I could really just say was like, you good, you good, him bad, you good. And yeah, so yeah, the way I describe it is I kind of spoke like Borat speaks English in Portuguese. Right, right, okay. (laughs) And then, then you went to Russia after that, and did you? So, did you know a little? You know a little bit of all three of these languages. I, I would, I would have to assume at this point. Uh, well, in in Brazil, I had lessons, so I had actual lessons with a, a proper tutor in Portuguese, and I had time in Brazil as well. I had uh, okay. leisure time. I think I had something like twenty-two hours of contact teaching in Brazil, so I had a lot of free time, which was basically. F- filled by partying and playing football and eating uh, at Shohaskarias, which are like the meat restaurant and going to the beach. So there was a lot, I had more free time in Brazil is what I'm saying. 
It was an amazing. Like a lot of fun. It was great visiting Rio as well. That was cool, um, and visiting Uruguay as well, which I would recommend to anybody. It's such an amazing country. It doesn't really get spoken about, but Uruguay is just—they've got the most kind-natured people ever, mm. and it's just really laid back and chilled. But yeah, also Russia. I, I lived in Russia the year after, at the same year as Brazil. So I went from like a 40, 42 degree heat. That's Celsius by the way, so right. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, to to a minus minus 40 in Siberia in the same year. Oh, you were in Siberia? Yeah. What 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 town in Siberia? Not that I'm an expert, but... Um, it's a little town called Kogalim, which okay. is north of Kazakhstan. It's di- almost directly north of Kazakhstan. Uh, the biggest major city is 17 hours drive from it, just to give you an wow. idea of how isolated that town is. <laughs> That's 17 hours? Really? Yeah, to, I think it's to Omsk. I always get it mixed up. It's either Omsk or Tomsk is the nearest like <clears throat> big city, and it's 17 wow. hours drive. There is, a, there is a city called Surgut, which is about two hours drive. Um, but um, yeah, the most wonderful, welcoming people I've ever met in my whole life. The most friendly, generous people. And in in the times that we're having now, I'm I'm always conscious of telling people that you know there's a lot of propaganda that we get from our government. Your government's the same. You know, Britain and the USA are kind of like hand in hand in all of this stuff. And um, I speak, I yeah, I speak so highly of the Russian people. They were amazing to me. They're really good people. They are. Yeah, kind and generous. And they, they also have a, a an amazing connection to nature that we've kind of lost in England, you know, like um, like medicines and remedies and things like that. Mm. They they know how to use plants and, and um, they have lots of admirable character traits. So, yeah, in, in, in the very difficult times that we have now, I do like to um, just say to people that, yeah, don't don't believe, like like our government, like don't believe that the people of the country represent the views of the government because um sure well often yeah that's, that's that's true yeah it's um I, I i was watching a documentary one time and it was you know they were on in the far um uh, far eastern part of part of type siberia and it was like you know they came to this town i was like oh this is the name of the little town but i'm like i have heard of this i think that's the name of one of the one of the countries in risks and risk like <laughs> i don't remember what the name of it was uh Ural or something, maybe not Ural. That's not. I, I don't know. Anyway, it was just like, no, it's Irkutsk. I think, and I'm like, wow, that's this whole like giant region on the risk board is named after this tiny, tiny, tiny town, <laughs> apparently, because there's just nobody, nobody there. Yeah. At least this, Jeremy, is, this, it might be this like is all New implications York. that I've I've come up with in my mind. So don't city, county, don't and quote state me on that. Of New York, yeah, yeah it might be 2.7 million people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's not though. There's lots of small places, and um, it is beautiful there. Though I think the the feeling of being out in in like the wilderness in Siberia, there's such a magical feeling there that I've never experienced anywhere else. It's kind of where they have all like the mammoths and and anything that's prehistoric that's been um, found in the ground. Um, a lot of them are found in Siberia because they're really well preserved because of the cold. Mm. And there's just a magic in the air. And, and I remember like when I, at the end of the day, if I was like locking up my classroom, because I was on like one, of, like one of the higher floors, I was locking up my classroom and walking around the corridor to go home. There was just something about looking out of the window that I felt there that I've never felt um, in any other country. It was, um, hmm. 
it was, there's a very powerful presence in Russia that I, I can't really explain. That's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's neat. I, I feel like I'd be very cold. Well, Jeremy, <laughs> I looked up I'm 42 Florida, Celsius. I don't know. <laughs> Might need defrosting on the way back. In American. Where, whereabouts are you, Pat? Are you also in Florida? Pro probably gets hotter there than it does here sometimes. Is Texas next wrong. to Arizona? Is that next Boy, to Arizona? No, you got uh, New Mexico in the weather. Uh, I'm trying to see the map in my head. Uh, you know, yeah, I've never been much oh, okay. farther west than here. I've <laughs> been all over the East Coast. and But west, all the square states goof me up. They all look the same to me. It's close. It's close same enough here. to Arizona, right? You could, you could say that. That's mm. got to be only about 24-hour drive away <laughs> from here. You know. But... <laughs> Yeah, just up the road. In America, though, that is up the road because, you know, people would say to me, oh, it's just across the street from here. And it would be like five kilometers because everyone drives everywhere. So no one actually walks anywhere. So there was, there was a guy that said, oh, you know, I'll meet you. I'll meet you at this coffee shop. It's just across the way from the airport that I was landing in. Yeah, because nothing's and, um, right across from It was airport. like three kilometers <laughs> to the coffee shop. distance when you leave the airport <laughs> before you get anywhere. <laughs> Anywhere worth going, at least. Yeah, yeah. I, I just looked on a map and I was like, oh, yeah, it is quite close. It is right next to the airport. And then when I actually got there, phew, yeah, it's not. But uh, but America's just vast, you know. America's huge. and um, it's, Yeah, it's a so very large epic. place. Yeah. Yeah, it's a large place for sure. And then, you know, you got, you got, you got the rest of the continent of North America, then you got South America, and it's like, like wow, you know, it's a... Uh, I don't know. It blows my mind that you know somebody that made maps like back in the day. All of a sudden, he gets you know two out of two out of seven continents named after him, which is, uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of pretty ridiculous. well. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Wilson, is there anything? Um, I'm just trying to think before we wrap up. Anything you want to? Anything you want to talk about before we uh, get going? Or is there? Obviously, we'll let you. We'll talk about where we can find you and stuff. But um, oh, I should have prepared something for this. I definitely should have prepared something for this. Um, no, I think what I would say maybe, um, and I hope it's not too kind of cheesy, is that like, um, don't get stuck in a job that you hate, that you don't like uh, at any point. Because I've been in that position, and there is always a way out, and you can always, you can always find a way to do the thing that you love professionally. Uh, like I, I, I studied music technology at university and it took me 10 years to get a job in the industry. Um, and it wasn't that I kind of never gave up and I was always like super focused on definitely doing it, but I kind of just worked hard in the background on my passion. You know, I, I learned how to program synths and, 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 and vaguely produce music and um that's always my advice to people because i know a lot of people get stressed out with their jobs you know there's a lot of office politics and a lot of stupid stuff that people have to put up with at work and um yeah that that would be one bit of advice that you you don't have to put up with that um bleep out the swear word there uh, yeah you can there, there is a job that you can find that you will love doing well there you go. That's, that's great that's great advice i would i would entirely look I would entirely agree with that. And I, f I feel like, you know, if you do something that you love, you're probably going to be good at it, too. I mean, usually... Exactly. Yeah, it's like the ultimate motivation, isn't it? Yeah. Very cool. Well, listen, we're... we're... If anybody could do it, why not me? We learned that last month. 
Yeah, incremental do. incremental progress. I completely agree. You know, if you can make yourself like one percent better, um, even, like every day or every month, like that is incremental progression. And um, yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that's what life's about. It's about making making your life better and making the people around you life better and supporting people and um, yeah, elevating each other. Well, uh, now if we uh, if we want to find you, where where could we find you? I know it's um, MIDI underscore error. That's one way to find you on Twitter. Oh, I don't know. I'm kind of quite elusive as, you know, I'm wearing the sunglasses for a reason. And um, yeah, this is my first sort of public appearance ever. Uh, so I'm not necessarily desperate for people to find me or, or uh, like, or kind of forcing them to, to kind of find my stuff online. But um, I did mention my rubbish YouTube channel. So I do have a YouTube channel, which has got various sort of thrown together uh, projects and electronic um, tracks and um, uh, some sure. of my podcasts on there. So that's, um, yeah, that's Midiera on uh, YouTube. Um, my SoundCloud account has all of the, um, has all of the podcasts as well as like some of the music that I've made over the years. So that's MIDI. I think that's MIDI hyphen error on SoundCloud. Uh, if you Google MIDI error, that's, that's normally what I tell people to do because you'll, you'll, you'll get all of the, um, you'll get all of my pages. Cause a, a really good friend of mine, James Wiltshire, who's an amazing producer. He was part of the duo of the Freemasons who are just an amazing, who were an amazing duo. And James is like the most talented producer I know. He was like, with your name, Midi Error, you've managed to like skip all of Google SEO and everything. If you type Midi Error into Google, it's all my stuff. And I haven't paid a penny to anyone to like advertise this because it's such an obscure thing. You don't have a common name like me, where there's five more famous Pat Regans all ahead of me. Are there? How dare they? Oh, yeah. Can yeah, you not get them they? taken there's, out? Uh, Should we get them taken the out? the best one, one of them is a UFO conspiracy <laughs> author. And I think that's fantastic. I want to buy his books and put them on the shelf, and I want everybody to see them. I just want to... Edit out his picture on the back, though. So it looks. Yeah, so you should put your name. own face. You should put your own rotating yeah. face yeah. on the back yeah. of his book, or like a hologram, a hologram <laughs> oh, or a sticker. With I really wanted face. to make one of those. You know the kind of hologram, the one that. Oh wow! I really want one of those. Yeah, yeah. you should do That's that. That's probably doable. I would fund That's that. Probably easy. If you do like a GoFundMe, Pat, I will fund that. I will put. <laughs> yeah, I will put true. my could, life could... savings into that. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even think of. The last I'm not going to go that far, but I'll, I'll give you ten bucks. <laughs> I'll give okay. you a hundred pounds. I'll give you a hundred pounds, easy. Wow, I easy. bet it's cheap to do that now. The last time I thought of that was, you know, before all these companies were selling, you know, printed mugs and things. <laughs> so you have to do. I it. bet you somebody will do that. Yeah, you have to do it. Lenticular something or another. Yes, exactly. Involved. Lenticular oh. images, or, or like the holo, like hologram, you know, like the the sort of three uh, D ones. I've just thought of a couple of other things that people might be able to check out if they're interested. So I do make Max for Live devices. So I make devices for Ableton Live, and I program, okay. I program my own plugins for that. So that's Gumroad forward slash MIDI error, and that's um, a ton of plugins to make your to either fuel creativity and making music they're quite off the wall ideas some of the things i've made there or they're synth editors for some classic synths like um oh the tx81z the fbo1 the dx100 i could go on 
Um, oh, and my Tindy store. I have to, Jeremy, oh. I should really probably shout out my Tindy store, which yeah. um, where I sell an arpeggiator and a strum device, which I turned into a MIDI leg at some time um, for a Slovenian artist, Slovakian artist called um, Elizabeth Balkas. So yeah, she commissioned me to make a MIDI leg. And if you look at my rubbish YouTube channel, you will see the MIDI leg, uh, which is made from one of the things that I sell called a Lestrum. There's also a lo-fi pedal, like a bit crusher pedal and various other bits and pieces. But uh, Jeremy's store is much more, much more interesting than mine. Oh, well, I I wouldn't say it's interesting. Jeremy, I saw you're catching up to me in sales now, Jeremy. Oh. Well, thanks. Yeah, I'm well, you're proud of you. Yeah, Pat's also a seller on uh, on Tindy. I, I did not uh, know that. He makes. Uh, you were selling the SodaStream adapters, correct? I have been. I'm going to stop. <laughs> you're going to stop. Yeah, Pat, they fail too often. I'm not happy with them. It's like a five, five, six percent failure rate. I'm not Pat, happy. They just don't. They don't fit everybody's machine. What does I'm it sure do? I'm sure somebody could machine something similar, but it would be a lot of setup. It would not be an easy. They've tried to make it difficult to use. Aldi sells aftermarket, non-approved CO2 tanks for the old SodaStream machines. So SodaStream made a new machine with some uh, copy protection in there <laughs> to keep you from... Oh, the new bottle is ridiculously complicated up at the nozzle. I, it's, it's weird. I don't understand. But people seem excited about the adapters. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to see them. Yeah. Has there been, Jeremy, so, yeah. has there been a product review of the the SodaStream adapter? I don't know uh, if there has or not. What, what are you a write-up, sorry. Yeah, don't has there been don't a write -up? review it because I'm gonna, I printed the last, I think we printed 16 of them, and that's all we're going to sell, and we're going to turn it off. And that's, you know, that's, that's, that's not the most aggressive marketing person <laughs> in, the, in the world. I, I, no. think one of his, I think one of his Tindy products says, you should probably just print this yourself, <laughs> right? <laughs> They do. That's I'd much rather people print it themselves than make. But me you do. do it. You do sell some of those though, even though it has that warning warning on it. I do. Yeah, I not love, that yeah. many. Of, yeah. I love that approach. Um, my friend Jason, who whose product I sell, uh, sixty four pixels. He's got one of the biggest stores on Tindy, or he had before the. Uh, I think we had Brexit, so he's not selling on Tindy at the moment. But um, he he's very much um, from Pat's um, school of marketing. And he does nothing to promote his products. So when I met him, I was like, man, you should promote these. And he was like, I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, people would just find them. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to promote them, man. And we did. And eventually Jean-Michel Jarre bought one. Uh, Vince Clark bought one. Um, Pete Townsend bought one. And yeah, so, you know, it, the kind of the marketing paid off in the end, even though Jason didn't want any of that. This is Jason Hotchkiss, is that? Hotchkiss, is yeah. That? Very okay. talented that... man. Unbelievably talented guy. Yeah. Um... Super. Check out his YouTube channel for like really interesting stuff. Like, Don't go to mine, go to Jason Hotchkiss's because he's, he's one of those kind of programmer guys who can just think of an idea and, and, and make it happen very quickly and, um, hmm. and then forget about it and move on to something else. And, and he's just got, he's just like a fountain of ideas and um, he... We just basically need to clone Jason in order to like. Um, I feel like if we if we could do that, then the human race would be on a much better technological path. <laughs> yeah, well, so, 
Uh, well, you're quite you're quite the humble guy, Chris. I mean, you do some really you do some really neat stuff. I we gotta give we gotta give you a little credit for that at, at least. Even. Thank you. Yeah, um, I enjoy it. Um, I, I enjoy the whole Tinder experience. I love going to like the post office and posting them off, and I love having the emails with customers when they buy it. And um, yeah, I send off stickers with my stuff now, so they all get mid-era stickers. And um, oh, yeah, it's a nice little nice little sort of. Yeah, it's a nice thing when someone emails you and says, I love your products. It's, uh, they send you a photograph of their studio. Um, yeah, it's great. It's a cool thing. And it's a great nice. team at Indie too. It's awesome. Well, well, Pat, if we wanted to find you, where, where could we find you? Well, Jeremy, I am on Tindy. There's oh, a URL true. you could go to and you can find it. But if you go to patshead.com, there's links to everything that I do. They're that's over true. on the side. I mean, I want to point to which side they're on, but I don't know which way you're looking at me but it's on uh, yeah. one of the sides up at the top it's on your right up at okay. the top is a link links a list nice. of links to all sorts of stuff what about okay. you jeremy are you on the internet also yeah as well? so i'm on the internet as well you can find me on the create invent podcast which is here you can um i'm there too got, oh my <laughs> on uh, twitter i'm at jeremy s cook and then uh if you look up jeremy s cook.com it's got a bunch of other information youtube various other things who knows? Maybe there's like a MySpace account floating around somewhere. Or... Chris, we've uh, we've really enjoyed you coming on. It's Chris Midi Error makes all kinds of all kinds of interesting things and reporting too. So um, thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, it's been great I'm speaking to you guys. On MySpace. Just... <laughs> thanks so much, Chris. Thanks, Pat, and thanks. Thanks for thanks having me, me on, too. Jeremy. Yeah, thanks, you're welcome. Guys. Thanks for coming on. Really <laughs> so... enjoyed it. Cheers. up jeremy cook on youtube i may come up or jeremy cook jeremy clarkson cooks with gordon ramsay may come up as well so that's uh i guess i don't share his name but i guess he's famous enough that he eclipses uh lots of people <laughs> as does norman cook i imagine yeah well actually i didn't know he would i didn't know that was his name until uh until i listened to your podcast i hate to admit it well, his name is not actually Norman. There's, uh, yeah, his name is originally Quentin. He's called Quentin oh, okay. Cook, but he couldn't sort of handle that as a first name, so he, he actually got his name changed by being called Norman. somebody so revolutionary which i suppose you could have i suppose you could say he is that all of a sudden that name becomes synonymous with something awesome you know like like arnold schwarzenegger you'd think that's kind of a ridiculous name but now it's like wow it's that guy yeah so great name there, there is a guy that i know in brighton's quite a sort of uh, left field kind of place and there is a guy i know who's got an asterisk in his name here 
And you it, can do that. Yeah, I, I can't remember what his actual name is, but it, can, <laughs> it begins with a Z and it ends on an asterisk. Yeah. You know, people ask me sometimes how to spell my name. How do you spell Cook? I'm like, what, what do you think? <laughs> it's like the guy at, the guy at Hardee's, you know? But um, just imagine if I had an asterisk in, in my name. You know, it's not... If you did, where would you I, put it? Guess I guess I'd put it where the... So you couldn't read the swear word. That it... <laughs> oh, is that what the S stands for? I know there's a stop button here somewhere.